0: Welcome back to the Northern Steel Podcast. I'm your host, Dominic Paskowski, and with me as always is my brother, Christopher Paskowski. We are one day away from the NFL Draft, and you will be hearing this on the day of the NFL Draft, because these are uploaded every Thursday, we record every Wednesday, and I am sure you are giddy with excitement, as are we. Uh, Chris, how pumped are you for the Draft to be here so soon?
1: Dude, I have been waiting for this for a very long time. Uh, it's something you and I have discussed for, gosh, probably the last, uh, you know, since the season ended. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm ready to get after it. I'm excited to see what kind of players uh, that are on the Steelers boards uh, and to just kind of see
0: who, who we get. Yeah, I think it's been really fun to go over some of the players like we've done in our uh, past couple episodes of Positions of Need I'm excited to see what kind of crazy draft, uh, draft day trades are going to happen. And I'm also excited to see the Steelers draft nobody that we scouted, which is seems oh, to be... absolutely nobody. Yeah, that always happens every year. That's okay. We'll love them just the same. I thought, you know, we'll start off first with uh, kind of an NFL roundup of sorts, like we always do. Sure. Uh, it's not a lot of news. This, this news I have seems like forever ago, but I believe it happened the day after we recorded... Last week's podcast, or a couple of days after, uh, we signed Terrell Edmonds back to a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris and I had mentioned. Obviously, I know a lot of fans out there. We really wanted Tyron Matthew because it's the sexy pick, it's the Corvette pick, and uh, you know, I don't, maybe they were tired of waiting for Tyron to make a decision. Maybe they're tired of. Uh, uh, you know, not, they didn't want to go into the draft without that position solidified. And we always talked about the Terrell Edmonds is there. He knows the system. He's got 60 career starts. And, you know, he wasn't really getting a lot of attention elsewhere. I, I read maybe Bengals and one other team. But he decided to come back home with us for a very cheap deal on a one year contract for, I believe, $2.5 million. Solid starter. Can't ask much more than a cheap deal like that. So. Yeah, no.
1: Uh overall I, I agree. Totally good pickup. Uh like you stated before, uh Terrell Edmonds is someone to me that has uh continued pr- to progress every single year. I know he had a lot of shadow uh overweighing him for being a first round draft pick, and in our minds probably shouldn't have been, because I know he was kind of rated around that third round when we did get him uh but overall i mean he, like you were saying dom he he knows the system he's young he stays healthy um and it seems like the defensive backfield really seems to get along with him which also chemistry is something that's super important and i don't think he was necessarily the problem of last year's defensive struggles you know i i think you know like you said before, getting Tyron Matthew would would have been awesome. It would have been super cool. I have no idea where he is going to end up. But at the end of the day, I'm really happy with getting Terrell Edmonds back, especially for such a cheap one-year deal. You never know what could happen. The dude could ball out. We could sign him big next year. And if he doesn't, I guess good riddance, and then we get someone else.
0: Yeah, I think – I don't know what safeties – I haven't done the research to look up what who may be available next year free agency. But I do know that uh, – we may still draft a safety even though we signed Trail back because it is on a one year deal. So look out for that in the draft. There, we did an episode on it. If you haven't listened to it, I believe it is episode five. I think so. Check back on that between now and tomorrow. Or actually, you're hearing this on draft day, so listen to it quick to hear all of our safety uh, prospects we mentioned. Uh, and other news. We talked about Debo Samuel last week a little bit with wide receivers kind of going on the market randomly for trades and how crazy the wide receiver market has been this offseason. Also, who just got added to the wide receiver trade um, market is Kadarius Toney from the New York Giants. Kadarius Tony is was the Giants first round pick in 2020 at, at uh, 2021. Sorry. Thank you. And in pick and he was pick number 20. Uh Kadarius Tony flashed I, I believe he had two hundred yards in one game, but for his entire season he only had four hundred and sixty ish yards, I believe. Um I think he was injured a lot of that as well. But he's fast. He's a playmaker. I'm not really sure what the disconnect is. I know he's gotten in trouble, I know he's had some injury things. I know the Giants aren't really known right now for being the most well run organization so I'm not really sure why, but he says he wants to be traded and they are fielding offers. They're also fielding offers for Sterling Shepard. So I don't know what receivers they're going to keep, but they're filling out offers. I'm interested with the Kadarius Tony because it sounds like they want a high pick for him and they're not going to get it. I'm to be real honest with you. No. Uh, we don't really have to talk about it much because we've, we've kind of ran over the whole wide receiver craziness of this offseason so far. But Chris and I have mentioned too, that if, they do lower that price tag. Kadarius Tony for at most a third is pretty good because that helps us out with the wide receiver position and probably better mm-hmm. than any wide receiver we might get in the third, but especially for a fourth if they take that. If they take a four, I would and definitely take Kadarius for a fourth. And it's really
1: tough, too, because I feel like the Giants, uh, the at least the, the last few years, have been such a – Interesting organization where they have a lot of really good individual talents, but they can't utilize them to their fullest potential. I mean, look at Saquon. All right, like I think so many people are holding out for Saquon, wanting him to be this big stud, and I and he he can do it. I think he. They just don't have a line. And then you look at you know, Kadarius Tony now. I, I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, say he's bad by any means because look at who's throwing him the ball. Are you right. Like I, need I don't the, I think
0: need to see. I need to see Saquon traded. Oh, and for I think, sure. I think the he NFL needs to see wants himself to. traded. Yeah, I think yeah, the NFL wants to see that. I, I think him being on the Bills would be nuts. I mean, you should, you might as well oh my give gosh. the Bills a ring, but that'd be sweet. Oh, we said uh, that the last two years though. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's that's the Bills. Bills curse, if you want to call it. Uh, but that was kind of like the bigger NFL news to me. I didn't really uh, have much else to say on that. I will move on to this past weekend on Saturday, I believe. I went to an event called Arise with the Guys. Uh, not to, you know, we, we don't need to get into anything too serious about it. be Because, uh, you know, they always say that the two things you don't talk about are politics or religion. But uh, it was a really... Great event to go to. It is a church-sponsored event, and Big Ben was receiving the 2022 award there, and uh, Tony Dungy was handing out the award, so Big Ben was there. I was in the crowd. I got to see him interact with Tony Dungy. It was uh, great hearing him talk about uh, finding his faith and uh, wishing that he would have talked about his faith more in the public eye early on in his career, Wish he would have found it earlier on in his career, because he j- kind of just chalked up all his achievements to just his own skill, not that it came from anywhere. Uh, he talked about fatherhood a lot, which was really good for me to hear. If you don't know, I am a father of two, and what? Uh, uh, yeah, surprise, you're pregnant, and oh. I. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, his emotional stuff. is is really good. He a lot of great things to say, especially from the father and son relationship. And that was really nice. It's nice to hear Ben speak candidly, he'd do some footballs to some kids. And I'd really recommend you, if you're interested in hearing about this type of situation, about Ben's faith and fatherhood and also what he plans on doing after the NFL, I would recommend going to search it up on YouTube. It's uh, look up Ben Roethlisberger, Arise with the guys, and you can watch his entire speech about it. Um, I thought it was quite enjoyable. Cool. That's pretty much all I had to say about that. <laughs> Very cool. Uh this may be a little quick Chris, but that's pretty much all I have right now. I I say let's move on to our next topic. The topic we've been doing, if you have been keeping up with our podcast and been listening, we mentioned that we might have been only we might only be doing four positions. Well, guess what, baby? We're doing a fifth position. We're going to be highlighting another position of need for the Steelers right before draft is about to kick off and you know, our offense wasn't very good last year, so you would think that we'd have a lot of offensive positions we'd be talking about, but no, we're going to talk about the defense again. Because Tomlin, I think, makes a good point. You shore up a lot of this defensive stuff, and you kind of just let Mitch and Najee, and the rest of the gang, kind of roll off the punches. But if the defense is stout, it's it's going to be tough to score. So with defense, we're going to go talking about defensive line. Now... Mm-hmm. Defensive line. They may draft. They may not. The reason why I think that is a hole for them is because one, Stefan Tooitt, still not exactly sure where his head's at, where his emotional state is at, if he is going to continue to play football with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And two, Tyson Alualu's coming off a season ending injury and he's also older. He's in his mid 30s. So I think it's important to maybe try to, you know, we. we we drafted Isaiah Loudermilk last year. He shined. We talked about, um, uh, who's the, his name is kind of, oh, uh, you know, um, Warmly. He shined from the Ravens. Dude, and, I was scared you were about to bring Mondo into this. No, no, not Mondo. <laughs> it was, uh, it was the, thank God. The shorter, a shorter one that he, he played really well in the run. We talked about him. He was a uh, free agent. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> Defensive tackle. Um, well,
1: I well, yeah, that's who we're talking about.
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh, I just don't know the name. Uh, well, now it's bothering me, so now I need to know. All right, hey, you keep going. I'll look it up. Montrevious Adams.
1: Oh yes,
0: yeah, good old. So, M-D- so we have some good wait, line depth M-A. there. There's, there are some flashes of players there, but I do think it'd be nice to maybe pick up uh, another one in this draft and. I think there's some really good depth there. It's the thing is, is I feel like we've had a lot of holes. You and I have talked about other positions of need in these past couple weeks where we feel like there's so many, so much good talent in rounds two through four that they can't get all these guys. And it kind of makes me leaning towards maybe trading away our first round pick or some more middle picks. But, you know, don't shoot me if that happens. <laughs> Anyways, let's. Yeah. I, I, I thought I'll start first, Chris. I kind of picked, like I normally do, I kind of picked uh, three guys who might be drafted a little bit earlier, rounds two through three. I don't think any of these guys will make it to round four. And there's a sure. common theme with the defensive linemen I picked, and it is big. They are, these are some big old boys. They're strong, and they're bullies. The very first guy I have, I actually saw from a mock draft by. Alex Cazora, who we've mentioned multiple times. His name is Logan Hall. Logan Hall is from uh, Houston. Houston. He is 6'6", 283 pounds. And he ran a 4.88 in college on the 40-yard dash. Ooh, that's not bad. No, not at all for a defensive end. His stats... um, I'm not sure if he was the starter all the times, but this past year he definitely took a large leap because in his first three years uh playing in his college career at Houston, he had one and a half sacks, but last year he had six. He wow. doubled his he doubled his tackles completely in one year. Um he had forty seven tackles last year, twenty four solo, twenty three assist, six sacks, and I'd be very curious to see what his uh tackles for a loss are, but Unfortunately this particular page isn't listing it. Maybe if I go to see all it will it will say. Uh one thing I have to say about Uh no, it doesn't say. Uh, anyways, the thing I the thing about um Logan Hall watching him being 6'6 six, six is that's just it. He is huge, huge on the line. He towers over everyone and he can play he could, it, it seemed like, you know, Houston is a smaller college. They don't play the toughest competitions. But it's. it seemed like for this last year where he kind of exploded on the scene with these better stats, that he was blowing through the line consistently. He was causing a lot of pressure, uh, ripping, ripping through double teams, ripping uh, you know, hitting the bend around, also containing the pocket. It, it, it seemed like he caused a lot of havoc. And if he wasn't necessarily the because of the havoc, he would push the pocket towards where maybe a better rush was coming from. Now we all know T.J. Watt's going to provide a lot of rush. So if you can always push the pocket more towards T.J. Watt, that's eh, only going to help us out more. So, but he also caused a lot Without of doubt. havoc. Is it's very easy to watch his highlights. He also wore number ninety-two. That's a very good number for Steeler fans. So it's easy for to pick up on what he was doing. He had a big arm brace. He looked like a bionic cyborg is great. Uh, There's not really much more to say. I think he he looked really good. I know he's from a smaller school, but because of his size and speed, he could go as early as the second round. But a third round pick for this guy, I know we got a lot of needs, but I think they'll look really good. Matter of fact, all these people I picked, I would love for them to get. I just don't think I'm sure just can't get everybody. Sure. Uh, The next guy I got here is DeMarvin Leal. I'm glad I watched a YouTube video first because that is how you pronounce it. It is not Leal, it's Leal. DeMarvin Leal, he is he hails from a college. Texas AM. and a- a- Correct, Chris. I was stalling for time as my internet loaded up. And it's still oh. loading, but yep, Texas AM, and But that is correct. He is a little bit shorter. Obviously still a big guy. He's the to tackle. He is 6'4", 283 pounds. His 40 yard dash Sorry. is five on the dot. Five seconds. Wow. Uh, man, uh, DeMarvin Leal, kind of the same situation as a defensive tackle. It was crazy to see how well he was able to blow through the line as well. Just disrupt. And and, and when he got to the quarterback, you, you would feel it. He would Ooh. really just destroy guys. Are you watching highlights right now?
1: I am watching highlights. That very first one where he just like quickly does a spin move and gets around the guy. That was
0: smooth. Yes, he's got he's got agile moves. He's like a really good athlete for his size and uh and weight and able to contain on run, on uh running plays, able to bull rush the quarterback. He also causes a lot of havoc and pressure. He could also contain the pocket and push it a lot like Logan Hall can. I mean, You know, I I don't want to ramble on and keep talking about things that uh, don't need to be discussed or repeated just to fill up time, but there's not much I didn't really like from his tape.
1: And the thing that I'm noticing is he just keeps strip-sacking our future quarterback, Matt Corral. So, I mean, that's always a (laughs) good sign.
0: Uh, God, I hope not. Unlike Logan Hall, who kind of had pedestrian years and then exploded – well, you know what? DeMarvin Leal, his his was kind of similar. His first two years in college, he had very similar stats, uh, amassing only four and a half sacks total in his first two years of college. But last year, he had eight and a half sacks. So almost doubling oh, okay. his entire college sack yeah. total. 58 total tackles, 27 solo. Like I said, eight and a half sacks, one forced fumble. <laughs> And two pass defense. I also noticed that too. He's able to get his arms up and swat the ball away. That's something that Cam Hayward has gotten really, really good at over the years, and mm-hmm. would be nice for uh, a good mentor for him to continue to do that. Uh, I, I'm as you're seeing the highlights, Chris. I mean, <laughs> not much I don't like about him either. I've also I've seen him mock drafts as early as round two, uh, possibly round three. I would love him. Sure. No, so he, he looks he looks really great. Yeah, he looks like a baller to me. So, uh, This last name that I have, it might be a surprise to Chris, but maybe not you, the fans who are so knowledgeable of the players that <laughs> the Steelers are scouting. But this is a name I've seen on mock drafts where I – maybe it's just the name itself. I, I haven't really been too excited about it. I'm glad I was able to watch his tape because I think he fits the bill as well. He fits the theme I've been talking about. His name is Perion Winfrey. He's from mm. Oklahoma. He is also is a true defensive tackle, another big boy. He is six four, two hundred and ninety pounds. Uh, his arm or his hands are the are the biggest, and I believe his arm, his like wingspan, is also the largest of all three guys I mentioned. He looks like a linebacker. He is man. There's no way to say it, but he's a he's a bully. It really is when you watch his tape. His also has 40 yard time is a 4.89 for being 290 pounds. My gosh. Yeah. He's he just uh he was also. I, I i noticed that I thought he was almost better at the run defense than the other two. Not to say the other two weren't good, but their their specialties were more at sacking the quarterback and chasing them and uh and, and causing havoc that way and trying to get turnovers. Where this guy, whatever lineman is in front of Parion. He is being pushed backwards. He's just a bully. Sure. So on run defense is really good because he's able to just take these linemen and push them back towards the quarterback, back towards the handoff to cause a disruption immediately, hopefully open up some holes for some middle linebackers. Hello, Devin Bush. You know, so I thought that was really great. Sometimes, you know, as as cool as it is to find linemen that can uh, cause havoc and, and, uh, you know, I'm saying that word way too much. (laughs) <laughs> to find these, to find these linemen that can, uh, you know, co- co- uh, put pressure on the quarterback and make their own plays. Sometimes all you just need is a big body that can just take the middle of the line and push it backwards and push the whole pile backwards. And that's what this guy does. He's a line of scrimmage mover. I uh, yeah. I really liked his tape as far as like that stuff goes. I think he could fit in well. I would I wouldn't take him in the second. I think third round. Would be where he would go. I would love if he drops to the fourth. That'd be a big value, but I doubt it. Uh the the thing is, is this is where tape gets kind of messy, right? It's where highlight tape gets a little confusing and, and and it's hard to judge a player just on a highlight tape because his stats. I'm not really sure where the where the disconnect is or where the cutoff is. He has played in the college for only two years, according to his stats on ESPN. Oh. Um, as far as sacks go, he really jumped him up last year, but he really hasn't done a lot. I mean, his first year uh, tackles, he had 17 total, and his last year, he had 23 total. He just jumped it up a little bit. 11 solo tackles, 12 assists, 5.5 sacks, which is good. The year prior, he only, had, he only had half a sack, and he had one forced fumble. Hmm. Uh, but with only 5.5 sacks, you know, I, I would love to see the tackle for a lot, so I'm not really seeing that as a stat. So I don't know where... His downfalls are. I don't know. Maybe why he would be drafted later. I guess uh, the stats show me that he's not super super productive. I guess with with a low amount of tackles. But again, if you can have a guy that kind of hold the line and push the line of scrimmage backwards, and then let your other guys eat like a Cam Hayward, a TJ Watt, even Alex Highsmith. That's kind of what all you're really asking for at that point. Sure. So I think all those guys are uh Potential players to get, and you know maybe they'll draft none of them. But that's what I got for you, Chris. So if you want to go on with your three guys, I'm excited to hear them.
1: Yeah, no, and and like always, everyone, please just feel free to check out these players for your own. Uh We just kind of try to pick, you know, the players that we've heard about, or at, at least just random people that we've seen to to kind of look up some tape. So we highly encourage you to, you know, find find some people yourself and. Uh, or to look at these highlight tapes, too, and just kind of build your own opinion. It's kind of fun going into a draft and really knowing, like, oh, I know this guy. Oh, I know this guy. And it, it's, it's, I feel like, Dom, I don't know about you, It's, it's been a lot of fun for me to kind of research and, and see who all these people are before uh,
0: tomorrow. Oh, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I I always thought that defensive line should be a position of need for us to draft. Can you hear me at all? Uh, that was really bad. Um, What happened? Did you hear me?
1: No, I, I can hear you now. I could hear you. You sounded like uh, those air pilots with like the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm not sh- I, I had to switch headphones again. My, my men were dying. But uh, I, I had mentioned that I, I always thought defensive line was an area of need for the Steelers. And I just wasn't sure. really interested in watching the tape up to this point. Because there are so many other positions positions of need, I wanted to look at first. But yeah, yeah. I'm really excited I got to look at some of these players. I've seen win Free, I've seen Demarvin Leal on mock drafts, and now watch their tape. I can go, oh, you know what? That is pretty exciting. I think they are uh, good players. I think they could fit the system. And if they draft them, now I know who they are, and that's a little extra hype. Same with yourself. I know you have some players that are going to be coming out here that uh, have been listed on some certain mock drafts, and yeah. it'll be exciting to see what they kind of look like too.
1: Well, without further ado, let's just uh, jump right into my three guys. Uh, the first dude I'm going to talk about is um, Travis Jones uh, out of Yukon, uh, standing at six foot four, 325 pounds. Uh, this dude is big. Like, he has the height, he has the weight to him. Uh, and the, the very first thing that I noticed that jumped out to me watching his highlight tapes is uh, he's, he's not a boulder, he's a rock. All right. And I what I mean by that is he does he's not easily moved. The as soon as the, the ball is snapped, very rarely do you see the, the line pushing him back or pushing him to a direction in which they want to go, which is huge, especially when stopping the run. I feel like there's too many times watching our Steelers front line be pushed and there's this huge gap and hole. In fact, I think about the one game that of course Dom and I unfortunately attended. Uh, against the Vikings last season, I, I <laughs> yeah. believe there's a picture uh, where Dalvin Cook took an inside handoff, and I think our closest defensive interior linemen were probably ten yards apart from each other because that's how big that hole was.
0: Yeah, it was a big right? yikes, big yikes. So,
1: so uh, like I said, Travis Jones is big, and he just he's. Immovable. Honestly, that that's something that I really enjoyed about him. He's able to stand his ground, uh, and he's able to collapse on the play, which is huge. Uh, a lot of times, if a quarterback is trying to run up the middle, he's able to get off that block and tackle him right on the spot, uh, or he's able to, what I've seen, bull rush players into either a quarterback or a running back and disrupt a play really easily, which was awesome to see. Sure. Um, yeah, so he uh he ran a four point nine two forty. So at three hundred and twenty-five pounds to run under a five, I'd say is pretty dang good. Yeah, not bad at all. Um no, he had uh forty-eight total tackles this last season, uh with seven and a half tackles for loss and four and a half uh sacks. So um I'd say look out for Travis Jones in the draft this year. I know that I've seen him projected around that two three. Uh, and I've seen his name a couple times for us. Uh To me, he was always kind of... Everything I read was like, he's the smaller version of Jordan Davis, so we'll see what happens there. Um sure. But that would be really cool, because Jordan Davis is like probably my favorite defensive lineman in the whole draft, so even if we could get a miniature air quotations version of him, that'd be pretty sweet.
0: So, yeah, so uh, obviously sacks weren't as high as some of these other players, but Again, like we mentioned, it being a big defensive tackle, he's over 300 pounds. You just want a guy who's kind of there to push the line of scrimmage, and it sounds like he does that and holds the run. Also, I'm glad you brought up Jordan Davis because, yes, if you are listening, we here at Northern Steel Podcast, Chris and I both really love Jordan Davis and we'd love for him to be a Steeler. I just don't find it very realistic. But, you know, come uh, draft night, if that happens, we'll be pumped. Oh, for sure.
1: Um, The next guy that is on my list is actually kind of kind of a fan favorite of mine. Uh, his name is Matthew Butler. He plays for the University of Tennessee. Um, you'll, you'll notice a lot with my trends on my three guys is they are all six foot four. Um, so I, I don't know <laughs> why that worked out the way it did. Uh, but he's six foot four, two hundred ninety five pounds. So he's a little bit of a smaller guy as far as weight goes. Uh but that's not bad. He's still a big dude. Uh and he ran a five flat forty. Um so not terrible speed, I would say. He's pretty average as far as looking at other defensive linemen. Um looking at his stats or uh actually, looking looking at his highlights, uh he's kind of a dude that can uh use his hands really effectively. It's something that I really liked. Um he he's constantly chopping. Uh, on people and trying to swim around them. And I think he has a really, really, really good technique with it. Um, and I think his ed- edge around speed is kind of uh, what separates him from a lot of other people. Once he's able to get past that block, it's almost like he d- ducks down and then is able to get in there. So, um, you know, again, watch his highlight tape. I-, I think he's really passionate about the game, which is huge. Um in fact, there's if you if you look him up on YouTube, there's a video right underneath that that is kind of like a a small documentary about him and I think he not only fits the Steelers mold as far as a player goes because he's competitive and aggressive and just can kind of disrupt plays uh but the he's a teammate and he's you know just a competitor and he and he's really passionate about the game um he, he's a guy who said right from the start when he got there, he's all, uh, something that his father told him is to always leave a place better uh, than how you came into it. Uh, and he said that's a motto that's really taken him from, you know, start of his, his career at Tennessee to where he is now. And so even and he's like, you know, I don't only want to be remembered as a football player, but I also want to impact my communica- my community, my teammates, my family. I want to impact the world. Uh, And he's done that by being a part of charities already and all that stuff. So, I mean, just a a neat little tidbit. I know it's not about his football life, but um, as far as overall class, uh, I just really enjoyed him and being able to hear him speak. And it was just really cool. Um, So I highly recommend looking at that video. Um, Looking at his stats, he... uh, had 47 total tackles last year with eight and a half tackles for loss and five sacks. Um, I've seen him kind of go more of the fourth round and on kind of a thing. Uh, but uh, he, even looking at his first four years before his last one, he, he definitely uh, left the place better than he started. Uh, you know, all of his years before, never really got above three tackles for loss or two sacks. Uh, His tackles will remain the same, but he jumped up to eight and a half and then five sacks for both career highs. So he's, he's a pretty cool guy. And I I wouldn't mind seeing the Steelers take him later on in the draft.
0: Yeah. I think fourth round is kind of where I agree watching his tape. That may be the earliest he would probably go. Uh, Like you said, good player kind of fits the Steelers bill of a model player as far as personality goes. But as far as skill goes, watching this tape, um, not a bad thing. I felt like he was just, you know, he didn't really cause a lot of things on his own, but he did have that high motor, like you mentioned. He was able to just kind of keep the pocket contained, and if something broke around to him, he was able to pick up the sack. But we mentioned we've got a lot of people that can put the quarterback under pressure so that that hole could end up running right to his lap. So, not a bad thing at all.
1: No, not at all. So... Uh, the last guy I got, I've seen him kind of at the bottom of Steelers draft mock draft boards. Um, and that's Noah Ellis, uh, out of Idaho, University of Idaho, I think. Uh, I'll uh check yeah, I'll Idaho. Check. yeah, University of Idaho. Um, again, six foot four. He's a beefy guy, he is 359 pounds, so about a 360. Only uh, buckets. he. He's good. I, I think what what kind of puts him down there lies the the conference that he plays in and also the fact that he has rich Eisen speed uh, running a <laughs> 5 uh 6 640. Oh so, man. <laughs> so, he's not the fastest dude, granted I know what you're saying. Being on the defensive line, you do not have to be the fastest guy out there. That is true, but it's definitely an attractive trait. Hence why Jordan Davis and guys like that are are really seeing up there on top of their skill level. They are so fast, which is, you just don't see that. So it's really attractive. Uh, And like I said, uh, Rich Eisen speed. That's just not what I'm looking for.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, putting Rich Eisen on blast.
1: uh, I, I love you, Rich. You're a great guy. But I feel like you always say it yourself whenever you look at the, or go to the combine, you're like, well, let's see how I stack up against this guy. I feel like you'd win against uh, Noah Ellis. (laughs) So uh, looking at Noah Ellis's tape, you know, it's obviously I'm looking at highlights. So I'm liking what I see. He he's big, which definitely plays to his advantage. So he's not really able to be moved a lot. I mean, you try moving a 360 pound guy. It's just not going to work out too well in your favor. Uh, So I would definitely see Noah Ellis as a depth piece for the Steelers. Um, you know whether that's sitting behind uh, Montrevious Adams or Aloalo, or you know, kind of kind of seeing those guys out there if if they are going to be. And um, but you know, I I I think that's good. Like I say, stated before, when I was talking about Travis Jones being immovable, it's it's something that you need in that front, uh, and it definitely just it takes away from any kind of holes opening up. So I don't know. I think I think Noah Ellis, if if we were to pick him up, would be great in the last couple rounds. Um, his last season for Idaho, he had forty six tackles and six and a half tackles for loss. Um, so nothing bad. I I could not find any sacks on there. So I don't know if he just didn't have one or if the school just doesn't record it because I couldn't find his stats anywhere other than his school website. Sure. Uh, but, I mean, definitely check them out. You know, I mean, you might see something that I don't. And, you know, I, it's not saying that I'm low on the guy. I just I I think there's more exciting players. But like I said, if we were to get him the last couple of rounds of the draft, I would be
0: like, yeah, I know him. I mean, I, f- you know, I just want to say first 46 tackles, I think is pretty good. Um, I was not yeah. expecting that by watching this tape there's a reason by watching this tape that a lot of people have draft him in the sixth or maybe even seventh round. Uh, not to say, again, let's like say that he's bad, but when these other guys are pushing the line of scrimmage based on their power, he definitely looks like he's using more of his size. I mean, he is 360 pounds. That is a hard person to move, especially when they're trying to use their legs to push you. So in the conference that he was yeah. playing in in the big sky conference, he was able to push the line very well because of his big size. Uh, but obviously the concern with him being the reason why he would be drafted so late is his actual athleticism. His 40 yard time was, was pretty slow. I don't know. I don't know how fast he is laterally either. How well can he shed blocks by actual NFL pro linemen? Since he played in a division of big sky, can he use, can he develop more power to use with his weight or is he just going to use his weight? Cause I don't think that's going to work every single time, but no. not a bad pick at, at that late in a draft either. No.
1: And and those are good things that you brought up. I was looking at a scouting report, looking at his strengths and, and everything with his strengths, just talking about how massive of a guy he is and, right. and how he can just create a pile in that middle. And, and he's just a strong tackler and just kind of like an anchor of the defense. But uh, like you said, it, his weaknesses are just that he's, he's raw. He's raw at the position. He doesn't have a ton of, you know, experience there, especially playing at that conference. Foot speed is, is low. I mean, uh, you know, fundamentally it sounds like he's not the best and he's you know, he, he relies too much on his size rather than his skill. So maybe there's some development uh needing to be had when he gets to the pros, but um yeah, I mean he he definitely can uh probably make, you know, at least some leaps uh once he makes it to the pro.
0: Yeah, it looks like he doesn't have it, it looks like he necessarily doesn't play with a lot of technique. He does he just uses his natural size, but not the end of the world. It's coachable. So, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Well, well, I think those are all uh, great options. Even Noel, as as late as you could go. But obviously, if you've been listening to all our episodes, there's a lot of holes that the Steelers can fill with this draft. But there's not a lot of draft picks. That's why Chris and I had, men- or I had mentioned earlier that as exciting as the the first round pick is. It might be depending on who's there at twenty. It might be nice to maybe trade back and get some more two through fours because there's a lot of great talent in the around two through fours. At least in Chris and our Chris, in my opinion, there is. Yes, sir. Uh, I thought next, Chris. With we got some a little bit of time, we can continue to keep talking about some tweets we've been sending out and the reactions we get from other Steeler fans. That's been actually really fun to connect with. Other stereo fans and get their opinions on things and see how that, uh, what other people are thinking. Sometimes we get some yin's or opinions, but hey, that's okay. We like to hear them, we like to see them. <laughs> and, uh, I think I have a couple. I know we post every single day, but a lot of the posts, uh, this week have been related to videos I've made about positions of need that we've talked about in the podcast. Mm-hmm. And some people just getting their insight on if we think we're going to draft someone from the people that we've talked about or somebody else. But so I just have a couple of different ones here. Uh, the first one being Chris had post a question is, which I think is uh, a great question. And we got a lot of responses on it. And by a lot, I mean six, but we're pretty small. <laughs> so that's a lot for us. So I'll take it. Yeah, it's a lot uh, with with Edmund signing back with the team. Do you feel safety is still a position of need in this year's draft? I think it is. Chris, what about you?
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, other than Edmonds, who do we got on the backfield? We have, uh, what's, oh gosh, why well, can't I think of I'm, his name? The guy I'm we just th- got last year. Norwood? Norwood. We got Trey Norwood. And then yeah. I, th- I believe it's our, our special teams guy, uh, Killebrew, is technically the third string safety for us.
0: Yeah, and I, technically we got uh, Marcus Allen as well. Sure. Um, who is actually in a twisting, surprising... Situation is being paid more than Edmonds this year. So <laughs> isn't um, he the special teams captain though? I but I Brew, might be taking that spot because Brew played special teams really well last year. But Marcus Allen is just yeah. a great all-around team locker room person. Everyone loves Marcus Allen. There's there's a reason why he's kind of stuck around as long as he has. Kind of kind of similar to like a Robert Golden back in the day. Yeah. But with that question, you know, we had some answers. Our boy Big Slime, legend of Steeler Heart. As always. He said his opinion is that safety is less of a need, but I still think we grab one since we only brought Edmonds back on a one year deal. So grab a young guy to sit behind him for a year. And if he doesn't get another contract, at least we have a young guy with one year experience behind him. Uh, Yeah, I agree with that. I I do think that the only safety is kind of worth grabbing are in rounds two through four in my opinion, especially if you're going to have someone sit behind Edmonds and become a starter next year, you still need to draft somebody with a higher, higher in the draft to do that. But you know, uh, that's just my opinion on it. Eddie Harlow, yeah. uh short, sweet, simple. He just said later in the draft, you got it, Eddie. Thank you for commenting <laughs> on the, on the tweet. Thanks. Eddie Harlow too. We, uh, I agree. We should draft a safety. I don't know what later in the draft is. If later in the draft is after round one, you are correct. We should draft someone later in the draft. <laughs> yeah. Um oh, this tweet was deleted. That's good. Uh this is from Stolen Curtain at Stolen Curtain seven. He says no, actually, to not draft a safety. Then this is a prove it year for Edmonds. He thinks if Edmonds doesn't pan out that we can go safety next year. Uh, kind of like how I, uh, how I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, that ooh, very, very well could be the case. I'm not really sure what free agent safeties are available next year. And you know what, Chris, why don't you... Wh- what do you think On about a uh, uh, possible that of like not getting another safety this year and waiting till next year while I kind of look up maybe some potential safeties for next
1: year? Um, No, I think that's a really good point. I mean, I definitely... I'm thinking out loud a little bit because I do think Trey Norwood played above his draft pick last season. I mean, especially, was he, a sixth-round guy, I think? Uh, Yes,
0: or seventh even. I don't remember exactly. Or
1: seventh. And and I know a lot of people, especially Steeler fans, have brought up how he he definitely play was was a steal uh, with with how late in the draft that we got him. And, and you know, I feel like he did a really good job, uh, you know, having him behind Edmonds. I'm not upset about it. And I'm actually kind of excited to see how he progresses this year if he did, you know, better than expected last season. Uh, But I think I think. With who we got, you know, it would definitely be nice to get another young guy in there,
0: but... My only thing, not to cut you off with that, is I believe Trey Norwood, his skill set, because he is more of a zone safety who who wants to get picks, I believe his role is more of Minka's. He, I believe it's more of a free safety backup than it is a strong safety backup, because he will be playing... He will be kind of roaming the middle of the field, trying to go back and forth like a Minka does. Um, but you know, again, there are still some safeties out there. Uh Jesse Bates again from Cincinnati. They must I think they must have only gave him a one-year deal. So he may be done, which I would love just uh Jimmy, Jesse Bates for next year if we don't get a safety this year in the draft. There's also uh both Jordan Poirier and Jimmy Ward. They are kinda of, they're a little on the older side. They're gonna be turning 32 by that time. Uh there is not a bunch of names. I mean, Derwin James. No way Chargers don't give him a contract extension, so kind of don't even want to like think about that <laughs> at all. Uh, the rest of the names, though, not really too excited on the rest of the names. Maybe Jabril Peppers, depending on how he ends up in New England. He's on a one-year contract there. Uh, maybe Keanu Neal, who was a potential acquisition this past offseason after his one-year contract with Tampa Bay is up. There's... Sure. There's not a a vast variety of options. So and maybe that and maybe that opens up every year in the off season, players get released that you're kind of always surprised. You would never think they could get released. I mean, maybe Jamal Adams sucks and he gets released, so we can get something like that. You know, I don't know. Um, yeah, worst so worst comes to worst it, too. Dom, don't mean to cut you off, but uh,
1: uh, does the name Jordan Battle mean anything to you? It doesn't, but I do. I th- believe I did see that on there. Yeah, he's the top prospect for next year at safety. So I'm curious to see how he's going to play for Alabama. I mean, granted, oh sure, it is Alabama, but uh, I've seen a lot of his name. So if we're if we're in the you know looking for a safety and he's he's there, I would not mind that at all.
0: Uh, yeah i I agree. I think that's also a really strong name for a, for a safety too. So yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's a potential option. Thanks for writing us out. Um, to refer, thank you for writing to us, Stolen Curtain. Uh, Tim Hartshorn at Timbo Slice 1313. He said, it's not a need, but I can see it's going safety early since it's just a one-year deal with Edmonds. Got to agree there. I think there's some options we could go again, two through four. And Shaquille Gregory at Shaquille underscore 1992 said, we could get Nick Cross in the third. Um, that's great. I, I love getting another player to look at that he wasn't part of the safety prospects that you and I looked at, but I actually have seen his name a lot and I will be sure to look at his tape to see kind of what kind of player he is and how excited we could be if that is a potential route to go because that is not a safety we looked at at all. Um, moving on to one more tweet and then we'll wrap it up here. We had asked the question... We didn't get a lot of responses from this, but that's okay. I, I mean, if you go onto the Steelers community Twitter uh, Twitter page, we have mentioned before in the past, people are posting mock drafts left and right. So if you want to see more mock drafts, I would suggest going there from other fans. There's even some really funny meme ones, like someone had posted trading the Jaguars, all of our picks and all of next year's picks, and drafting Connor Hayward. So there's just always some funny stuff on there. Uh, it's not a joke. To, our response to or the question we had, I guess, is what does the ideal summer round Steelers draft look like to you? Looking for as many mocks as possible, and we got, you know, we got two, but that's, that's fine. Uh RG Mister Hammers at Mister Hammers. He said he mentioned trending up for Pickens to get him in the third, and 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 his scenario Malik falls to twenty. So here's what he had, Chris. In the first round, he had Malik at 20. He had trading up to number th- pick th- uh, number 35 in the second round by giving the Jets our third-round pick next year to get George Pickens. Picking up Marcus Jones in the third. We've talked about him before. Picking up Matt go a tackle from UND. Not really sure about that player at all. I don't know anything about him. Just by knowing the school he went to at UND, I'm not can't say I'm very excited about it, but you never know. Uh round six, he defensive lineman, he picks up Curtis Brooks. Don't know much about that. Round seven, he picked up Josh Johnson. We we covered him in our wide receiver episode. That'd be a great pick, and especially in the seventh round. And mm-hmm. uh like most drafts you'll see if you end up going on the community page, his last draft his last pick is Connor Hayward. Uh, obviously, because he's Cam Hayward's brother, but he's also a special team beast, a good depth piece overall, and it is probably just a good last pick to just grab.
1: Yeah, I uh, I remember seeing Mr. Hammer's tweet, and I I, I was happy about it. You know, uh, he was the first one to reply, and um, I know you and I have said this before, but I do not want to trade up to get a quarterback if one sure. falls to us at twenty especially if it's Pickett or Willis. I will be very happy about that. Um, But, you know, Pickens is by far my favorite wide receiver, and I have a hard-on for Marcus Jones. Uh, So, Will, I mean, very very first three picks in his draft, I'm very happy about. Um, Intrigued to see how the other guys are, but uh, overall, I... I would be pretty happy with uh, that pickup, especially with Josh Johnson later in the round. I I feel like
0: you have three that I know of very solid players selected. Totally. Uh, that that his PFF to- grade, which you know, it doesn't matter PFF, who cares? But uh, it was an A minus, and we got one more mock draft from Steven Twist Kearns at Twisted Idiot. That's a great handle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a it's a really great handle. He. His PFF draft grade on his seven-round mock was an A. So, again, PFF, you know, their mocks are kind of whatever, but not bad nonetheless. He also had Malik falling to us at number 20. Our second round picketing tackle Abraham Lucas, who I've seen. I think he's a huge, giant tackle. Uh, And the round three is Marcus Jones again. And we've seen a lot of mocks with Marcus Jones, Chris. It's got to make you happy, so hopefully we can pick him up. Uh, Round four, he goes for another tackle, getting Kellen Dyche out of Arizona State. I've seen that name a lot on mock drafts. Uh, Round six, he goes to Quandre White, running back from South Carolina. Round seven, Jack Sanborn, a linebacker from Wisconsin. And round seven, who we just talked about, he goes with Noah Ellis on his last pick. Not bad. It It definitely covers a lot of positions of need, for sure.
1: No, and for sure. And and again, I I really can't complain with his draft selection. And I think I said as a reply, um, I've seen Abraham uh, Lucas, Lucas yep. uh, brought up a ton, especially as like a second and third round guy. And and I I know absolutely nothing about him. Uh, I think that's always the tough thing once we get to the draft is, uh, especially when the Steelers need linemen, we need – Uh, big guys and studs on there it's just so boring to watch lineman tape (laughs) and i really i really wish it wasn't (laughs) because Uh, i I was like yeah i'll check it out but uh, you know if 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 um lucas is a dog and and everything i'm very happy about it and uh, i'll be thrilled
0: yeah obviously we know the names of some of the stud linemen that could go earlier like uh I've seen Charles Cross, Kenyon Green, Linderbaum, even Penning and uh, Raymond, I believe, or however you pronounce his last name. We've seen those names. Oh, Raymond. But but, uh, like Chris said, you know, I'm just going to trust the Steelers on whatever lineman they pick. Um, I'm not saying they always do a good job because Kendrick Green wasn't like the most solid pick, but Dan Moore has done okay. Uh, Dotson has done okay as, as later round lineman picks. So, you know, if they get alignment in, in a later round of a name of, that's not one of the top five names that we know, we'll just kind of trust the process and hopefully that they can fill in. So. But yeah, yes, sir. we appreciate those responses again on Twitter. Uh Please follow the Northern Steel podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok and on YouTube. We post on there. We try to post every day, if not at least a couple of days. Uh, Chris and I have hit 100 listeners or 100 listens. Yeah. Very exciting. Uh, small number, but we're excited about it. We're hoping to keep growing and keep reaching out to the Steeler fans. Hopefully you guys like what we're saying. We're going to try and also to improve quality in these podcasts. I am working on a jingle to open up the podcast. I'm just very busy with work, but we're working on to get something else in there. Uh, Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please be on the lookout for, since you're listening to this on draft day, uh, I will be going live, and I'll be reacting to the entire first round of the draft. Uh, It'll be on twitch.tv slash Podcast. I will be doing a little bit of drinking. I'll be doing a little uh, dancing. I'll be doing some predicting. We'll be talking about it. Chris will join me later. He's uh, working that night, but he'll be there potentially around eight 30 or nine and uh uh be on the lookout for that it's a very exciting time but thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast and we're excited to see who we draft chris you got any last words
1: nah adam i always feel like you wrap it up very nicely uh just again thank you all so much we want to include all of you as much as we can and make this more of a family than anything else So thanks again for helping us reach those 100 total listens. Thank you for following us on all social media platforms and for listening to our podcast. Uh,
0: We seriously cannot be more grateful. And with that, enjoy the draft. We'll see you next week when we go over all the players in full. Have a great week. Have a great night. Peace out. Peace.